get this party started! Yay! Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, and hoop fans all around the world. I'm your host, Jalen Dixon, and this is the first installment of the NBA Unsung, the podcast that highlights some of the most underrated NBA players and prospects, past, present, and future. Today, we have a very special guest on the show. He is a member of the Philadelphia Inquirer as a beat writer covering the Philadelphia 76ers, as well as Temple University football and basketball. I'm honored today to have Mark Narducci on the show. How are you doing today, sir? Good, Jalen. How you doing? I'm doing good. Feeling good that season's coming back. It's right around the corner. Well, we, we just saw the first scrimmage against Memphis. Uh, Sixers had a lot of positives in that. Definitely, definitely. And I think the main thing with seeing everybody on the court right now is just, you know, um, having the understanding that this is their first time seeing live action in like, what, over four months at this point. So it's just good to see the guys up and down the court, you know, truly playing against each other rather than just, you know, empty gym. Yeah, there's no no question about it. They they seemed energized by it for a scrimmage. It was more than more than the usual type of energy that, that you will see in something like that. I think um, to get started, I feel like we should start with you. Um, for those who may not be familiar with your work or your journey, can you just tell the people a little bit about your story and like how you got to the Inquirer? I actually started, uh, did a few freelance articles uh, in 1983, and in 84, they, they started the South Jersey uh, High School Sports Section. So I, I, I got hired for that. And, and covered South Jersey sports for almost two decades and loved it. I don't know, about 20 years ago to, to, to do some pro stuff, some college stuff. Uh, so I was able, able to do that. And, and I've done just about every job. One, one year, I was actually the beat writer for the Sixers. I, I've been the backup writer for the Eagles. Uh, right now, as you mentioned, Jalen, um, we have a great beat writer in Keith Pompey. I, I help him out. I'm kind of backing him up. And I also do Temple football, as, as, you, as you mentioned as well. And help out with some other, thing, other things as well. But it's been great to be able to work in this industry. You know what it's like to get into it. It's, it's, it's not easy. And, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of people come and go during, during my, what is it, close to 37 years now. Uh, so uh, I, I feel appreciative to still be able to be doing this. With all that kind of experience on your plate in terms of, you know, the different types of teams and, you know, the, of course, the transitioning from sport to sport in terms of how you write and what players you will be covering. Um, is there any like specific routine as a beat writer that you feel like you would go through in terms of being able to con be able to cover certain teams or, you know, teams in general? No, you, you just you just like the Sixers. You follow them every day. Right now, they're giving you Zoom calls every every day, like either either before or after practice, uh, as it was as it was on Friday um, after the scrimmage. Uh, so you just follow that. You collect the news, and and you know you you, you write what you need to write, and and you have to deal with your teammates too. I mean, our, our beat writer Keith Pompey does the bulk of the work, so I have to make sure. You know, I'm I'm not doing something that maybe he would he would be working on or something like that. So so you need a lot of teamwork in this too. You have columnists that are that are there writing about the team. So you all have to know what everybody's doing. 
Um, I guess another place to go in terms of you saying working as a team and putting those pieces together, what is that process like to be able to do that on a daily basis, putting those pieces together, covering certain players, um, the type of process that you go through for yourself in terms of like finding angles to cover? Well, you, you know, it's good when you're with a team every day, you've got to find angles because, and especially in the NBA, you know, when, when really, what, what are your rosters? 15 right now, uh, 13 can dress for the game. So, about the main couple of players. So you do have to find a lot, a lot of different angles. You have to work together. And it, it's, I think, one of the most challenging parts of the job, Jalen, uh, because you, you, you can get in that mold where the coach says something, you're right about it, okay, that's fine. But you need to do a little bit more than that, investigate a little bit more into that. And uh, as you mentioned, just, just try to find different angles and things that will be of interest uh, to the readers. I think um, that's a good place to be able to transition in terms of um, focusing specifically on the team itself in terms of looking at the angles. Um, based on what you've seen so far this season and the early stages of the NBA restart with, like you mentioned earlier, the, uh, the scrimmage against Memphis, how do you feel about the current state of the Sixers and their playoff chances? I'll be honest with you, Jalen. They're, they're going to come in the regular season or what they call the, the eight seed games as a number six seed in the Eastern Conference. I, I think they're a lot better than that. I think the, the, the biggest thing is that they are healthy. You know, when, when you were at the break, uh, Joel Embiid had just come back. He had missed five games with that left shoulder sprain. He, he played the one game, and then the, then the season got suspended. Ben Simmons had missed eight games with the uh, with his back injury. And there was a question, and, and no one knows for sure still, whether if the season had gone on, he would have been available for the beginning of the playoffs. But he, he looks healthy. Tobias Harris, who hasn't missed a game, but he was really banged up. He was playing banged up. He's fresh. And the other one is Al Horford. Al Horford said he was just starting to get his legs uh, before the season was suspended. He's healthy. Josh Richardson, who missed games in several different stints due to various injuries, especially with his hamstring, he's 100%. So I, I think the biggest thing is they are healthy, and they, they certainly looked it uh, in their first outing against Memphis. And I feel like that's a good point to touch on their health because, um, I mean, before the season started, you could easily argue that they were one of the best starting five groups in the league in terms of their collection of talent between Ben Simmons, MB, Josh Richardson, um, Tobias Harris. Typically in their situation, it was insert point guard here if Ben Simmons wasn't running um, primarily there. Um, I think the big thing to look at for them when you speak on their health is Joel Embiid. I feel like his ability to transition into the postseason at full strength, I guess, is going to be the biggest difference between, you know, exiting in the first round and, you know, making a deep playoff run. With that being the case, we've kind of went over the players to a certain extent, but the biggest question that it seems most people tend to have surrounds Coach Brett Brown. Where is your current stance on the coaching staff and what do you feel like it's going to take for them to be able to help their players get or elevate to the level that they need to produce in order to win a championship this year? Well, I think he's done one of the things. You know, he's moved Shake Milton into the starting point guard. He took Ben Simmons off the ball, and he's playing sort of like a point uh, power forward, but he's still handling the ball a lot. 
So I, I thought that was a that was a creative movie. He took Al Horford out of the starting lineup. Al Horford and Embiid had struggled with spacing uh, issues. Uh, they they're both better in the blocks and and there just wasn't enough room for both of them so i think he's done that i think that's his first move the other thing he's going to have to do and it's it's a pleasant problem jalen but he has to determine his rotation I mean, they have a lot of wings and they all can't get minutes you know you got matisse Thibel, who's who's tremendous defensively you have glenn robinson the third who's both a defender and can give you points you have alec burks who can give you instant offense furkan Corkmass, who uh who is their uh, second best three-point shooter behind Shake Milton? Uh, there's not going to be legitimate minutes for all those guys. So, so that's that's going to be his his second biggest task that he, that he's going to have to decide. I think with you listing out all those players, um, of course, the premise of this podcast itself is to focus on the underrated. There's a lot of guys on the Sixers roster that fill out as. Um, talents in, I would say, on specific sides of the ball, um, pseudo specialists, if you would call them, in terms of their bench. Um, is there anybody who you feel like is an, a truly underrated player on the Sixers that can act as like an X factor come postseason time? Well, I think Alec Burks. Now, he's been in the league a long time, Jalen, and he was having his best year with Golden State, as was Glenn Robinson III. Now, you have to take that with a grain of salt because it was the worst team in the league, and when you put up numbers for for a bad team, you have to take that uh, take that into account. But I think Burks can can give you instant offense. He can he can work off the pick and roll. He can shoot off the dribble. He, he's got deep range. He hasn't shot as well from three since he joined the Sixers. But I think he's a guy that he's the type of guy that, you know, in a five-minute time, he can fill it up and maybe get you 10 points in different spurts. I don't know how many minutes he's going to get. Uh, I think on the defensive end, there's, there's a lot to be desired there. But I think he's a person to watch because he can give you some real instant offense. And I mean, going from the other, going on the other side of the ball, personally, I always kind of looked at it uh, throughout the year as Matisse Thibel being one of those guys off the bench that would be able to step up for them defensively. This team has a lot of length on them. And of course, like Thibel leads um, all rookies and steals right now. So, you, of course, the team definitely works within active hands and, um, you know, one of the better stealing teams in the league. Um, with that kind of firepower on their team, the difference between offensive defense was relatively significant this year. I would kind of put that to their chemistry on the court, but which one do you think will be the side they need to lean on the most in order to be able to make a deep run? Uh, defense. You mentioned leads the league in steals. Thibel's 22nd in the league in steals. And the other, when you have those two, uh, they're, they're creating havoc. They're making steals. It gets the transition game going because they get a lot of fast break opportunities with the steals. You saw that against Memphis. Seibel had had three steals. So I think even though he has struggled with his offense at times, uh, he's definitely going to be one of the people in the rotation. Yeah, I, I think when you look at it, I mean, they're one of those teams that I feel like because of the type of athletes they have on their squad, they play very well in transition. I mean, if it's not obvious already, Ben Simmons thrives when he's able to be able to push the ball. Um, we saw him hit a couple of threes the other day, and it kind of set the internet on fire. Do you think that that is going to be something that, you know, transitions come the actual 
you know, eight game bubble that they plan on playing in terms of the regular season and then transitioning to the postseason. Cause leading into this year, he kind of led us on a bit um, in the preseason with a, with a three here and there, and it never really translated to the regular season. Do you see that as something that he might keep up or are we being teased again? I'm not sure. It remains to be seen, Galen, because keep in mind, he only attempted six threes this season. He attempted two against Memphis, made, made, made the one. I don't think defenses, because he went one, one for two against the Grizzlies, are going to start playing up on him because he is so quick. He can just blow by you. I think teams are going to really make him have to do it for a while. I'm not sure whether, whether he is going to do it. I do think one thing, and people have mentioned this, without having a crowd there and, and the reaction of the crowd and everything, that taken away, I think that will give him a little more uh, nerve as uh, far as maybe taking threes. Not sure, but I, I think everybody with the Sixers was encouraged that first game out after Be uh, Brett Brown had said during practice that he's taking them and hitting them, although we've heard that times before, Jalen. Uh, I, I think it was at least an encouraging sign. I can't say I'm sure it's going to become a trend yet. <laughs> I guess you just got to hope. I mean, I think it's one of those things that if he can start hitting threes consistently, we kind of understand that, like, that's a game breaker for him because he has every other skill in his um, arsenal at the time. I would say before um, transitioning into some of the quick hitters, I just want to get your take on how you feel as though um, the Sixers will produce in this eight-game regular season. If you had to project maybe a record for them heading into the postseason with those eight games, what would you say based on their schedule they have yeah I, I don't know maybe maybe like a six and two type thing here here's the thing about them i i think they're better off staying in the six seed to be honest with you because mm -hmm. if they're in the six seed, they would avoid the bucks until the eastern conference finals i don't <laughs> i don't think you want to get the bucks in the eastern conference semifinals if you're the four or five seed and, and i know right now if the way things are they they would face the Celtics, but they, they match up well with the Celtics. They were 3-1 and one this year against them. I think Boston had a lot of trouble dealing with the Sixers' length. So, but to answer your question, I, I fully you know, expect them to get by the first round, uh, no matter where they're seated, and I think they could very well get to the conference finals this year. I definitely think that a lot of people have kind of taken the Sixers for granted. Um, I know the abrupt into their postseason run last year definitely kind of put a lot of questions around them. And um, of course their production on the court this year. Um, but I, I agree with you in terms of them being a huge threat. I don't think anybody wants to see Milwaukee too early. So that's completely understandable on that side of things too. Um, transitioning into these quick hitters, it's just a couple of little short questions. Um, favorite 76, 76ers player, past or present? Uh, Hal Greer. Too young to obviously uh, have seen him. Greer used to shoot his jump shots as foul shots. Foul shots as jump shots. And the Hall of Famer, one, I think one of the underrated great Hall of Famers that you'll see. I always liked Hal. He was always my favorite growing up. Uh, favorite 76ers variant jersey. Uh, I, I don't, I don't get into that. It, I, I, I don't care. Whatever jerseys they have is fine with me. <laughs> um, any word of advice for any, uh, for people looking to pursue a career in sports journalism? Well, you, you, you've got to, uh, I always tell people you need to get reps. Uh, how do you get that is, is, is the very difficult part. Uh, whether it's through an internship, uh, 
whether it's you know working uh, say for your local weekly paper or or uh, uh, local cable station. It's it's not easy working for a website. I know there are a lot of people out there that are going to want your decision, but you need reps. You you need to be able to do it. You you need to be able to see all different situations and 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 how to perform. Um, last question: uh, Where can people find your work and find you on social media? Um, Inquirer.com. I n q u i r e r dot com in the Philadelphia Inquirer and. Social media, just at Twitter, at S-J-N-A-R-D, and, and also on Facebook as well. All right. That has been the first edition of the NBA Unsung Podcast. Um, I'm going to leave the audience with the question of the day, which is going to be, how far do you think the Philadelphia 76ers will get this postseason? Um, thank you, Mark, for um, being on the show today. I really appreciate all your insight and knowledge, and I look forward to hopefully having you on the show again. And thank you for having me, Jalen. Uh, best of luck with this podcast. You, you seem enthusiastic. You, you've done your homework, obviously, and, and, and I just wish you the best as, as you work your way into this industry. Thank you so much, sir. This has been the NBA Unsung Podcast. I'll catch you next time. Peace.